0: Welcome to the Worship Central podcast. We are passionate to see the worship and creativity of churches throughout the world set on fire. Join us as we explore what this might look like. Hey, well, welcome everyone to the Worship Central podcast. Uh, I'm Tim Hughes, joined with Nick Herbert. And we have with us an absolute legend. Les Moyer, all the Mm -hmm. way from Eastbourne Uh, Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't know, Les has been um, a key part of Integrity Music, formerly known Kingsway and has been involved in producing playing music A&R, involved producing many of Graham Kendrick's early albums key in uh, working with Delirious, with Soul Survivor I've worked uh, as Nick would have with Les for many, many, many years. And basically, wherever you go, uh, in terms of the church and worship and music, you'll find Les's, I was going to say, grubby finger paws. <laughs> 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 I dropped the word grubby. <laughs> uh, his, his prints are everywhere. Uh, Rachel, my wife, Rachel, likes to describe him as the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, he seems to be everywhere. Um, and she says that in a good way, because Les is one of the most kingdom-minded, generous People I've met and just passionate about seeing the whole diverse church express
1: worship. So, Les, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Tim. Yeah, great Uh, to see all that's happening with Worship Central.
0: Yeah, well, well, Les, why don't we just quickly jump in straight away? Uh Just tell us how did you end up? Kind of what were your first engagements with kind of worship and music?
1: Um, We and I were up in the Salvation Army, my my parents were Salvation Army officers. And so, you know, from a really, from an early, really early age, like five or six years old, I was involved in trying to play a trumpet or trying being involved in making music for God and just the whole thing of taking music onto the streets, worship music onto the streets. And then the combination of worship and justice, you know, they're just deep in me. But um, when I left school, I, I started to work for a recording studio in London. I got to know a lot of musicians and got experience in the music business. And then I went to work in a studio in Eastbourne called ICC Studios. And the the first month I arrived uh, was actually um, the the time when Graham Kendrick recorded his first Worship album. And I I hadn't realized it at the time, but I just walked into this situation where Worship music uh, was about to be reinvented, if you want to say that, or, you know, a new day in terms of worship music was just about to be released. And so I walked in at that moment. And so I was very privileged to be able to bring what I'd learned in London and bring that into God's music, if you say. What year, roughly? Uh, so that was 79, 80. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> but no, it was exciting. And, and, but it was interesting because, uh, you know, it was just the whole thing of, of writing new songs, new songs for this. For that generation, and um, you know, just you know, isn't a great uh, line from Graham Kendrick? Isn't when you ask him what his biggest influences were, and he says um, the Beatles and the Baptist hymn book. Yeah, brilliant. And so those those two things, you know, where they're trying to bring together this the creativity, but also that you know the hymnology, and mm-hmm. which is an amazing heritage here in the UK. Mm-hmm. So it was great, and then so I just got involved with all these. Uh, worship uh, leaders, and um, it really was an amazing time at ICC Studios. And um, yeah, and then I, you know, I was a bass player, and uh, I you know, it was privileged then uh, to also got, get involved with Vineyard Music. And every three months, I go to California and play bass on the Touching the Father's Heart projects, mm-hmm. and then work with the Vineyard worship leaders when they came to the UK or to. Um, Europe and so what, what, what sort of
0: worship leaders were there for those who aren't familiar with the vineyard what kind of worship leaders were you working with
1: uh, with Brian Dirksen and um, Andy Park and uh, of course Kevin Brush came and uh, Brian Howard at the time and so really <coughs> very very special time Carl Tuttle David Roos you know it was an amazing time of, of being part of the vineyard Conferences, and um, again, we, we didn't. You know, you don't realize it at the time, but it was just significant in terms of the church moving forward and worship.
0: Yeah, and just quickly, Les, on that, you know, thing with Graham Kendrick. And again, if, if you don't know Graham Kendrick, is you'll definitely know his massive song "Shine, Jesus, Shine." But you know, growing up, Nick would have been saying, you know, so many of his songs are like the staple songs that the church was singing. You know, "Servant King." Make mm. work. And, and then again, the vineyards in the kind of late 80s, early 90s really did transform a lot of the song worshiping church. How, how, how did the church respond at the time? What do you remember? What, what felt so fresh about what these guys were pioneering?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, Graham's uh, almost like phrases, you know, were, it almost like became an, almost like a new theology for the church. And, you know, so, so people would quote lines from his songs, you know, and it would, would become, like, so impactful and almost like new truth revelation to the church. And, yeah. But it was also an amazing movement going on to, you know, with, like, say, Spring Harvest. Yeah. So, you know, early 80s, there was 70,000 people at Spring Harvest, you know, and then Graham would actually be write the theme song for Spring Harvest. So songs like Servant King, Meekness and Majesty, they became like, you know, Rejoice, Rejoice. These became big songs that really went far. And also in terms of renewing the church as well. So he, And the amazing thing about Graham was uh, that the church leaders uh, trusted him. So that would actually allow Graham to take it, you know, to, to lead and take the church forward in worship. So that was, that was an amazing thing to see. And then what happened was, um, uh, which was also part of my personal journey was that Graham had this uh, saw this thing of taking praise and worship onto the streets, and so he said, you know, he wanted to do this, and he he said he, it was something new, and I started laughing and I said, Graham, you know, the Salvation Army's been doing that for a hundred years, mm-hmm. so it was a chance to bring, you know, all the stuff that I'd learned. You know, in the Salvation Army, into this thing which became March for Jesus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that really became the first one of the first things from the UK to go impacted the world. So you know, so over a hundred nations were doing March for Jesus wow. in the location. So it was <clears throat> so the whole thing then of the church being mobilized onto the streets to worship God in the streets. That that was like an amazing thing to be part of.
2: Wow, and yeah. and then, then Les, we've seen then loads of conferences emerge, you know, you think about Soul Survivor and all the different things that have sprouted up, but you're making me think, Then just, you know, these mass gatherings on the streets, and now, right now, you know, we're just gathering at home, and what what are your kind of reflections on that? Um, I mean, we've seen a couple of things, haven't we, where also outside that, you know, around hospitals, we see in the news, you know, people singing Waymaker all over the place. would love to hear your thoughts on, on where things are at right now.
1: Well, um, I mean, the thing right now is um, I think people, our hearts are starting to really pray for our nation. Do you mean just the whole heal our land? It's <laughs> one of those, it's just in your face now. You know, it's not one of those things that was somewhere another nation. It's really here. And so I think this whole thing of, of us bringing the songs of hope and uh, crying out to God and, um, so, you know, and that's why songs like Waymaker and The Blessing Song and, you know, those songs are really becoming very uh, important. And... uh the other thing was, you know, I'd be thinking about this morning was just a whole, you know, scripture in Matthew 13, 52, where it says, store has, by the storehouse owner who brings out treasures old and new. Mm. And so that, you know, I was being in touch with Brian Dirksen, and he's telling me about the Faithful One song. And that's become like a key song for this time. And uh, I think our thing is to really to bring the right songs of anthems That will release hope to this generation, Mm. and as some of them are new, and then some of them are old, and it's up to us to choose the right songs that bring those ones. How do you
2: see that with songs? Because do you think a lot of that is down to just the way people are choosing songs, and they think, well, that there's something about that right now. It feels like it really connects. Or how do you see kind of that life cycle of a song? You know, you think about. Something like In Christ Alone, you know, it was written a long time before, I think you were telling me this, it was written quite a while before then it suddenly really exploded. And there's a strange kind of like time bomb effect with a song, isn't there? <laughs> Where you kind of, you don't quite, you set it in motion and then you don't quite know when it's really suddenly going to reach uh, the moment.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because some songs take straight away. Um, And I was just thinking about, you know, here I am to worship. You know, as soon as that was introduced, that spread very, very quickly. Yeah. You know, but you know, say within Christ alone, uh, when 9 11 happened, that's when almost like in Christ alone became the song. You know, and then that projected it, accelerated it, and it became, you know, important. I mean, and, and also the interesting thing about Waymaker. I mean, Waymaker's four years old. So Waymaker was first released in 2017. So it's really interesting to see that now is the time. Yeah. For it to come. And so that's what I, you know, I was saying earlier, just about being a storehouse owner, just being aware of these songs and uh, what the timing of them.
0: The, the, the thing with Waymaker that's interesting is that actually... <clears throat> Because it's written by, um, in Nigeria, wasn't it? Yes, in Nigeria. And and, and then, um, but it it had like, on YouTube, her version had millions and millions of views. Yeah. But it it hadn't quite come to the West, you know, to the West. And then I guess a couple of people recorded it. I think Margaret W. Smith and Leland, obviously. Yeah. but it makes me think that there probably must be other kind of treasures, great songs out there. That because we're so familiar with our songs coming through a very small, narrow staple of worship leaders, or you know, yeah. How, how do we unearth all of these different songs? And again, again, a critique can be, and gosh, we're guilty of this ourselves. You know, everything's sounding quite the same. Is it? I mean, was it? Do you think? Someone needed to make a very straight version of Waymaker for it to become usable in the church. Or, you know, what, what are some of your learnings there? What, what else do we need to release in the church to have much more diversity?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> I, think you, I mean, my personal story, again, is that you know, four or five years ago, I went to Lagos uh, with my friend Moewa, and uh, I'm, we did a conference seminar there. And when I was there, I met this guy called Wally Adenuga, and Wally gave me a CD of like the best of songs from Nigeria. Yeah. And then on, on that CD was Waymaker. Mm. So, and then, so I came back to the UK and then I started to champion this song. And uh, there was some early um, compilation albums and I put that album, put that song on the album. And uh and then we just started connecting with Snatch. And um so we were championing this song, and then and then also then Leland was wanted to was gonna record his album, and then he asked the he he actually said, I want to record songs from other nations. Mm. Mm. So that was actually him intentionally saying, you know, I, I want to, to showcase these songs, but also I want to, to record these. So we, there was different people that we suggested, different songs that we suggested. And um, Waymaker was one of those. Yeah. And he, I think he'd also heard it through his uh, brother, Jack. And so he recorded that version. And, yeah. and then obviously that, that's taken it to another level, totally another level. Yeah. But um, I don't, you know, there was a guy that we all loved, a guy called John Pack. And his dream was to build highways from across the world. So the songs, instead of songs just going one way and other nations yeah. translating the songs, the songs can also come the other way. And so there's been a couple, like, you know, obviously there's a song called Hosanna that was written by Sidney Mahida, And that's that was really like one of the first international songs to go international. Mm. But this but Waymakers is just, again, just saying, that, you know what's happening in Africa is is amazing and we but people need to be aware of it mm. so um, and but that's I think that's part of my role part of integrity's role is to showcase what God is doing around the world and but, but one of the things like, I remember with yourself Tim you're coming back from uh, South Africa and emailing us about the Utando, Utando song come Holy Spirit yeah but because you were there, you experienced what God was doing when that song was sung. Yeah. So a lot of the time is going, experiencing it, and saying, the feeling, you No, know, the whole, the rest of the church needs to hear this song. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then
1: and, and carrying it, becoming a song.
2: When you, with a song like Waymaker, how much... Do you sort of look at a song like that and think, wow, there's a real anointing on that song? And how much do you kind of look at it just from quite a technical perspective, having seen and listened to so many songs and you analyse it and think, well, it does this here and it does that there. And that's kind of one of the reasons that makes it a great song. Um, do, Do you know what I mean? How much do you kind of weigh that up or do you just sense something that, you know, God is all over this song. Because you could look at that song as well in a very technical way, even though it seems very simple.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and analyse it at that level and think, actually it does some incredible things naturally. That, do you know what I mean? Do you do a lot of that?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously analyse songs and say, you know, usually Nick is, how can this be better? You know,
2: uh, well, you said so were few occasions to me. To be quite
0: honest, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, how can this be salvaged? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, like, uh, Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God's great
0: dance floor initially was God's great disco ball. Until uh,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, re- so really, that that was one of my you know roles as r it's just a song critique, and so usually sometimes like the song is, and you know obviously as a record producer, you know even like you know making all these albums with Graham Kendrick, there would be times when you just had to go through each line of a song, each section, and say, you know this could be better or this. Yeah. So you, so usually that's my way. My way is to
2: yeah you know,
1: develop the song for those. Develop, of-
2: who are thinking? Oh, I'm so sorry. I was just going to say for those who um, are thinking, what like technically, what makes Waymaker a good song? What would you say just to help people? Maybe who are thinking, oh, I'm writing songs, and not to copy that, but to learn. Actually, yeah. there are some things about this that make it. Um, you were saying a bit about maybe the verse and the chorus.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: uh, they're different, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Matt Matt Redman has this great line. Um, inhale and exhale, you know, where you inhale the verse and then you exhale the response and the chorus, you know. So even some of the greatest songs, you know, how great thou are, you know, when I consider the role that I then sings my soul or, you know, how great is our God, you know, for diverse responses and then the bridge is massive. But but with, with Waymaker, it's the same, you know, re- the verse is, you are here, worship, you, you know, who you are, you are here, standing in our midst, ready, and then the chorus is, and you're a way maker, but it comes out of that, and, yeah. you know, relationship and and uh, worship, intimate worship of the verse. So I just, I love those, you know, there was a, uh, sometimes, you know, in the past, uh, in the attempt to write new hymns, people had too much truth and, you know, where no one could, there's so much, inhaling so much truth that you were getting, up, you know, stomach upset or heart upset. But you just needed that space to respond. And so, what, that's why what I think with Waymaker, it gives, it builds and it just gives you that chance to respond to who God is and our relationship with him. It's great, uh,
0: Les. um one of the things you've, again, you've traveled the world, you've been, uh, I guess encouraging behind the scenes worship in many different countries. I'd love to particularly talk about Europe because for many mm. years in Europe was seen as a bit of a spiritual desert, you know, desert place and oh, it's tough. And But actually there's some incredible signs of life. The church is really alive in many parts of Europe. What, what are you seeing in, in Europe in terms of worship and what, what really excites you? What do you think is going to be significant
1: for the next 20 years? Um, yeah, I mean, the last seven, eight years has been really, really incredible in Europe. Um, so we started working initially um, in Holland, mainly, and, 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 and also in Switzerland, and also been in Scandinavia. And, uh, and also we've we been working very closely with the guys in Hungary, Budapest. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're now, you know, booked a stadium for next July for a stadium worship event there. And, um, but, you know, this uh, this whole thing about um, the Jesus blessed we saw the Father doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that that is a part of our role. And so, and, you know, so I started to visit and um, Swiss, well, it was actually Germany and Switzerland. Yeah. And then I could sense that father you know the father was just about to do something there, and so i got connected with this uh i c f church and also very very closely connected to case you know case crime origin in holland mm-hmm. and um was able to like uh really just pass on some of the stuff that we've learned and invest into them and uh and really really it's it, it's just almost like totally gone further than we could have thought. I, mean, I think Holland, Holland is ripe in terms of, um, I mean, even this uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, Thursday, all the Dutch worship leaders will get together and record this song, Christ and uh, our hope in life and death. They will record that all together tomorrow. And so just being, helping to build community, there's all the stuff that we have learned in the UK, you know, being community, from community com- collaboration, and we've, you know, the stuff that we've learned, uh, you've been able to uh, pass that on, you know, to Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, and also the whole thing of the culture of uh, that we grew up in the UK, where the fathers, you know, the Graham and Dave Philips, and Norwich, Day Bilber, these guys. Christopher water. they blessed the next generation and saw them come through. So, and then, so was, we had to like nurture that and nurture that um, unity, you know, and, uh, and then from that, God has started to really, really bless it. And then we've got situations with like in, this, in Switzerland with ICF, you know, where they their church building is, they partner with Samsung. So mm. their church building is the venue in Zurich wow. for people like Sting, Emily Sandy to do their concerts in. And right. the, the church building in Holland where cases is that's the place where the voice is filmed for Holland. Mm. So the church buildings are becoming places where people that you know that they're their temples of sound, their acoustics and their venues are amazing. Mm. Cases has two recording studios in this sh- church building and, mm. in in well, Holland. All those things were they're actually innovative. Do you mean and um and then you go to Norway and you find out the biggest selling artist that Norway's ever had is the Oslo Gospel choir. Uh-huh. Uh, above Aha, above all these people. Uh huh. You know. No, surely not.
0: Do <laughs> you remember that one? The greatest band
1: ever, less. But you just go there and you find out these wow, the, this, you know, the God music, God's music is, is, is you know, is, there's, a, there's an, almost like an open door situation there. So I think our, our role is to bless what we see the Father doing. And find out if you go there, you find out what the father is doing. <laughs> so uh yeah, I'm loving it. Really, really. Oh, so good. I,
2: I can see that Tim's got someone else in the room. Is it Rachel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is, I'm now we're doing all these zooms and all these like, and it's like you're kind of under the radar disciplining your kids. Like there's hand. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: Les, <laughs> um, that, that is so um, great what you're saying. I, I love what you're saying about um, unity and about the nations, and you know, hearing about in Holland, they're all singing the song. And you know, recently that happened here in the UK, um, where um, I think over eighty churches came together to sing um, Mary Joe song, The Blessing. And I know um, Tim and and you were instrumental in kind of behind the scenes of yeah. that. I'd love to hear a bit about how that came together. Like, what was the idea? Um, uh, and, then, and then timeframes and kind of how it all worked out.
0: Well, I mean, I'll kick the story up. Basically, I had, um, in the space of 24 hours, Nikki Gumbel and Pete Gregg called me up and said, you know, this song, The Blessing, in, in Pittsburgh, in America, that a bunch of churches had gathered to sing that song over the city. And, and you know, like could we not think about doing something in the UK? And I was like, okay, if we're going to do it, it has to be the whole church. It can't be like a, a network within the church or, <clears throat> and so then, and we had like a kind of really days to pull it off. And again, Les, this is massive testament to you and your heart is like the only person you can help pull this off with me is Les, um, in terms of all the relationships, all the kind of history and uh, credibility different churches Um, and so I gave him a call and again Les being incredibly generous was like I'm in and for for basically three days both of us sort of dropped everything (laughs) Uh just called called all our friends called the churches pitched the vision and what was amazing of all the 80 people we phoned um, everyone said yes one person couldn't because they weren't well but yeah. otherwise every single person said we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna do it. And this is the remarkable thing. Basically we phoned them all up on Friday and they needed to record and filmed everything by Tuesday. And this is musicians, you know, not known for being <laughs> really organized, responding to emails, responding to calls. Everyone came in on time. And so that we then sort of cut the video together and, and well, let's talk about the um, audio and we worked with Trevor Michael who was just brilliant.
1: Yeah, it's just been incredible, kind of uh, gathering all these different um, messages. And Tim requested that everyone sing the whole song, so then we had to pick the best lines from each one. And yeah, just uh, I love. You know, it was an amazing thing to do. And um, but I really like this um, picture of a of a collective sound. You know, that like, you know, and, talk, and the scripture talks about one voice, doesn't it? when we all come together with one voice, one heart. And so I just, again, it's just, this is fruit of years and years of just building community in, uh, in, in, in the UK where we're able to say, guys, you know, we want to do this and, and everyone's in. But that's really come as like a fruit of, of years of just staying connected, you know, all these worship central events, you know, all the things that we've been involved in. And um, this is fruit of that And so when we say, oh, we've got this crazy idea, everyone goes, no, we're in. It wasn't just me saying it was everyone was in. So, and uh, so we're able to like um, set a vision and, uh, and say, yes, we want to do it. And you know, even uh, as well, people like King, the Kingdom Choir as well, you know, who are well known nationally, internationally, they're, they're in. Mm. And so it's just a. I feel really, really God is you know and you know Psalms talks about how God blesses the unity, and I mm. think God's going to bless us because of that.
0: Mm. This is amazing. Can we? I just want to end. Um, you've written this brilliant book, The Missing Jewel, <laughs> um, which anyone who wants to you know go onto Amazon, it's a brilliant read around. I guess the story of of particular contemporary worship in the church over the last. Fifty plus years. Um, I mean, Lou Giglio says about missing jewel reminds us that God is always at work behind the scenes, chiseling facets of the jewel until it shines for all to marvel at the glory of God. And I just, I guess, to end, I'd love for you to um, just to talk about. You're obviously the missing jewel, taken from the A.W. Tozer quote, which was this idea that uh, the missing jewel of the evangelical church fifty years ago was was, was worship. Yes. Do you think that's all the case? Or or do you look at the church and think, no, we we've discovered that jewel and or, No, I or, think what, we have. I think,
1: think we have hmm. I think we have discovered the jewel. And uh and it has you no know, its rightful place. You know, you know, before, you know, it was like a a list of hymns. It was probably up on the board, and, and we sang those before the preach. So the big thing was the preach. Hmm. And now I think worship has been restored. And um you know, obviously there was incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the '60s, early '70s, and so you know where, where there's a great quote from John Wimber, wherever there's move of God, there's new music, and so that's that's what happened. All these new songs came because the Holy Spirit came, and so and so people wanted to worship, and uh, I really feel that worship has its place now, and uh, and amazing thing is this worship was restored in the UK church and then went out as a jewel to bless the nations. Mm. So the songs were you know, written here. I've gone way, I've left the island. Mm. And so, and so I, was, I felt really privileged to be able to tell the story of this, what God's done. You know, in Psalm 71, it says, one generation shall tell another generation. And I feel that this generation coming through needed to know what God had done. And uh, and how it is now, but uh, yeah, I feel really um, pleased about to see how worship has been restored. But the main thing is not for it to be formulaic. I think that's the most important thing. You know, Louis Giglio has this great teaching: Are you a song leader or a worship leader? And so I think it's that's a really key thing. You know that you understand that you understand what God is doing in the room and you know at the time mm. and, and the importance of worship brilliant
0: well so, uh, thank you so much brilliant. so much gold there and amazing just to get your insights and again thank you for all that you've done pouring in to the church and worship over the, over the years so uh, it's great to catch up with you thank you
1: and you Tim and Nick See keep us. writing awesome. alright